Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, The Fabulous One, Scott, I can't, see, I can't talk today, Tyler, The Fabulous One, there Scotty Freytown, there you go, along with the uh, tenacious Tyler Dean, Tyler Dean! We finished off the uh, divisional round this week. Great week. Uh, kind of. I mean, a couple blowout. blowouts, but yeah, I mean, a couple of really good games. Blowout week, really. I mean, we ended the week on a very good game. Yeah, yeah. The, the the last one of the weekend was really, really good. The Saints-Eagles game. Um, really happy with it. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm stoked to see that the Eagles are gone. I'm stoked that we don't have to talk about Nick Foles anymore. We don't have to talk about, you know... How great he is, and oh, even though there's some <laughs> moron in the offseason that's going to go ahead and, and re-sign him for $25 million a year, or, or going to sign him, we don't have to hear any more about how the Eagles should let Carson Wentz go and keep Nick Foles moving forward. We, we don't get to hear about that nonsense. We get to hear about the Saints. And we Saints. get to hear about the Rams, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, and, and the Patriots. The Patriots. The, the only one that we have to we really be annoyed hearing about really is Tom Brady. I mean, that's it. That's it. I mean, that's that's just a fact. He's the only one I'm annoyed to hear about out of the four remaining teams is just Tom Brady, and and maybe Gronk. And, and I still like Drew Brees. I'd be happy with the Drew Brees Super Bowl. They, and you know, I I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, I hate the Saints, but I do like Drew Brees. I like Drew Brees a lot. Um, but I, I still hate the Saints. So, I mean, seeing the Saints, eh, I'd rather see the Rams and the Chiefs, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, so, Tyler, we, we've got some uh, scores to go over here uh, for the divisional round recap here, and um, it seems as though I've I've pulled into, what, what was it? I, I've, I mean, within a game, aren't I? Yeah, you're within a game. Like within the, a game. That, that, that Colts pick yeah. me over. Yeah, you, you, and you know, you're not the only one to pick the Colts. Mike Valeni from 97-1, he picked the Colts. Uh, yes, there's, he did. there's a lot of people that picked the Colts that, that picked the uh, the Colts to run all over the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and it just didn't happen. But uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick this one off the divisional round. Here are your scores in the NFL playoffs in the divisional round. Now, uh, I'm going to start it off with the Chiefs and the Colts. The Chiefs. Defeat the Colts 31-13. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the first AFC championship appearance for them since the 1993 season. Um, the AFC championship for the first time in the Super Bowl era will be held at Arrowhead Stadium. So that's yeah. that's exciting. Um, and, and when it comes to the Chiefs, we, we got to see some good stuff, but it wasn't where we thought it would be. Um, first, we'll start with the Colts. 19 for 36, 203, and a touchdown for Andrew Luck. Um... Marlon Mack, nine carries, 46 yards. You know, it's a that's a hell of a fall from setting the the franchise playoff record single game for rushing yards, and then coming back to the the Kansas City and well, nine I'm, carries I'm gonna, for 46. I'm going to stop you on that. Um, he only ran the ball nine times. They they were playing from behind the entire time. Yeah, they look were. at his average. The times yep. he ran the ball, he got the job done. But it's it's a long drop from from 148 yards down to 46. Oh yards. yeah, from a yardage standpoint for sure. But when you get behind. You're not going to run the ball. Right. Um, T.Y. Hilton, four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Dontrell Inman, four receptions for 55 yards. Eric Ebron, five for 51. Chester Rogers, five for 30 in that game. And the Chiefs, they they got it done, but they got it done in a place we didn't think they were going to get it done. They got it done on the ground. 
Um, Mahomes had 27 for 41, 278, but the Chiefs had four touchdowns on the ground. You had Damian Williams, 25 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had one carry for 36 yards and a touchdown. Darrell Williams, three for nine yards and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, three for eight yards and a touchdown. As the Kansas City Chiefs um, just ran all over the Colts, uh, Travis Kelsey receiving-wise had seven receptions for 108 yards. Tyreek Hill Eight receptions for 72 yards. Sammy Watkins, six for 62. And Damian Williams had five for 25 yards. And and perhaps the biggest story out of this game is not Patrick Mahomes. And that's the first time we've said that when it comes to the Chiefs. We, we're talking Damian Williams here. 25 carries, 129 yards. We thought the story on the ground was going to be Spencer Ware. That simply just did not happen. Damian Williams... Could he, if, I'll tell you what, is Where he... Where happened to be hurt at the wrong time? Yeah, is, is he now the guy in Kansas City? Do you yeah, think? They, they just gave him that extension. He's going to be the guy. Yeah, and, and uh, Kareem Hunt, I mean, obviously he had his problems off the field, so here's Damian Williams trotting onto the field, and, and uh, I, I don't think they're going to miss uh, Kareem Hunt at all, Damian Williams, and they didn't sign him to a real pricey deal. So uh, that that's going to be kind of an exciting thing. Um, now, moving onward, Tyler, what you got for me? Rams and the Cowboys played Saturday night. Rams go up 30-22 to in a game that was a little bit more one-sided. The Cowboys scored a touchdown late, but the Rams kind of owned this game for a defense that's been uh, spotty all year. They uh, they got the job done. Very spotty, but but they, they held the Cowboys, weirdly enough, at bay, and, and Amari Cooper didn't produce like he normally does, so I'm kind of surprised. Near Elliott. No, they didn't at all. Dak Prescott goes 20 for 32, 266 yards and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, 20 carries, 47 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Not much for him, 2.4 average. Wow. And Dak Prescott, 2 carries, 3 yards and a touchdown. Through the air, Michael Gallup led the team, 6 receptions, 119 yards and 19 tar- uh, 9 targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mario Cooper did get the end zone on 65 yards and 6 receptions and 9 targets as well. It's not a Great game there by the Cowboys. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't offensively the type of performance we've grown to see out of Dak Prescott and company. Um, Zeke just shut down, which was just amazing. To me. Worst game of the season. Yeah, it was the worst I've seen him at. So, and on the Rams side, Jared Goff played game manager, 15 for 28, 186 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. It was the ground that really took off. C.J. Anderson, 23 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns on a 5.3 average. Two. Two. Two touchdowns for C.J. Anderson. Man. And Todd Gurley is still easing his way back in the offense. I mean, this is an easing your way back in game. 16 uh, carries, 106, 15 yards, and a touchdown. But look at those averages. Todd Gurley, 7.2. C.J. Anderson, 5.3 averages on, on the ground. That's insane to me. Two running backs doing that? You, you win football games even now. Yes, and, and this, this was a game where the Rams had the most rushing yards um, that they've had in the playoffs. You got most rushing yards of top five rushing performances of the season. Yeah, this is insane, and they got away with with uh, wow, just got away offensively with murder uh, on all those running yards. Yeah, you haven't seen this type of running performance since uh, probably what um, Lamar Lamar's debut when him and Gus both went off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a few, but that's the one. That's- this is this is one of the, the biggest ones. This is two running backs just bam bam just going hard. But but I'll tell you, what, it's not Derrick Henry. No. <laughs> it's not Derrick Henry. Absolutely not. And through the year, Robert Woods, six receptions, 69 yards. Brandon Cooks, four receptions, 65 yards. And Tyree, Tyler Higbee, two receptions, 30 yards. And most of this game was done on the ground for the Rams. They got the job done. 
yeah, they, they grounded out. They, they were pounding up the middle there. Uh, you got to love what the, the Rams did on the ground. 273 rush yards. It's most in a playoff game uh, by in Rams history, like I said. Uh, interesting to see the uh, the Rams getting it done on the ground, but it, it's kind of it's kind of a surprise, but it's kind of not, and it's kind of a surprise that it came from two different running backs um, the way it did. Uh, C.J. Anderson has really stepped into that role really nicely with Gurley coming back from injury and, and Gurley having a knee injury and you know not being in real good shape. Um, you know the Rams now th- this upcoming game. You know Jared Goff is going to have to step it up. One eighty six. He isn't putting up monster numbers. He's not going off. He's not going crazy. But Jared Goff, you know, he, he's game managing, but he's in for a showdown uh, with his opponent in the NFC Championship game. Um, next up, we got the uh, Patriots and the Chargers. Patriots beat the Chargers 41-28. to uh, they, they make it to their eighth consecutive AFC Championship game. Uh, man, I got to tell you what, Tom Brady and the Patriots just dominated the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, 25 for 51, 331, three touchdowns and an interception. Melvin Gordon had nine carries on just 15 yards, uh, one touchdown on the day for him. Receiving-wise, Tyrell Williams, five receptions for 94 yards. Keenan Allen, two receptions for 75 and a touchdown. Mike Williams, five receptions for 68. And Antonio Gates had five for 41 and a touchdown. Over on the Patriots side, Tom Brady, 34 for 44, 343 and a touchdown. Sony Michael, the big story, 24 carries, 129, three touchdowns on the day. Rex Burkhead, four carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Julian Edelman did have a carry for seven yards, but receiving-wise is where Julian Edelman made his money. Nine receptions, 151 on the day. James White also had 15 receptions for 97 yards. A lot of checkdowns there. Philip Dorsett, four receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. And Gronk did get involved a little bit, one reception for 25 yards as the Patriots dominate the Chargers in this game. Um, it, it was bad from the get. At one point, it was 38-7. to seven. Um, Just, I mean, I mean, I always joke about, like, when you and, and me and the guys play Madden, if I beat one of you guys real bad, I always, you know, put the, the uh, uh, foghorn leghorn spanking the, the dog with a board. Um, you know, the old Looney Tunes bit. I always send that to you guys because that's what this was, and that's exactly what this was. It was just a spanking. It was, that might as well what this was be what this was. No, this is a rough game. I don't think anyone expected the Chargers to play. I mean, even if you thought the Patriots were going to win, no one saw this game coming. This was just this was just completely lopsided. The the Chargers defense just stopped. They just slowed down. Joseph Aday was the only guy that was really worth anything. He was coming up from. Uh, uh, you know, his, his safety position and, and making plays all over the field, making tackles of different running backs and be making big hits. But I I, I was watching this game and going, wow, man, the Patriots were, were basically scoring at will. Um, the, the Chargers weren't stopping anything underneath. They weren't stopping Sony Michael. Uh, I, I mean, the defense was just nowhere to be found. It was crazy. So uh, the, the Chargers allow the Patriots to advance their eighth consecutive AFC championship game. Uh, Tom Brady was real nonchalant about the whole thing. I was wondering what you were talking about, Joseph Aday. Like, you're thinking the running back from the Colts. His, his name is uh, oh, it's Jaleel Aday. Jaleel Aday, I'm sorry. You're thinking, Jaleel. You're thinking Joseph Aday. Oh, Joseph Aday, that's what I'm thinking of. Jaleel Aday, sorry. A safety. Um, he uh, he was making plays all over the place, though. He's great safety. Um, and and uh, Derwin James is over there. He's a great safety. But, uh, yeah, he he's... Um, 
he was making tackles. I, w- I was impressed with, with his play. But beyond that, I mean, there was nothing else to be impressed with. No, not at all. When it came to the Chargers, I mean, you're talking muff punts, you're, you know, by, by Desmond King. You're talking fumbles all over the place. You're, you're talking just bad play all around, bad play. Um, so there's that. And, Tyler, we got one more game and arguably the most exciting game of the week here. Oh, it definitely was. You had the Saints and the Eagles. Uh, Nick Foles trying to keep that miracle tour going for year two. Um, largest postseason comeback in franchise history. 14 points down for the Saints. They were down in the first quarter there. But the Saints turned it around. They ended up winning this game 20-14. to 14. After that first quarter ended, the Eagles did not score another no. point. No, and the, the Saints, they turned it up on defense. And, and really, they, they also... Uh, controlled the time of possession in this game. Uh, actually, it, it really going into the second half of the game, they controlled the time of possession, which was fun. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm looking at the stats, Nick Foles was 18-31, 201 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, so not not a, a great game there by Nick Foles. Uh, on the ground, Wendell Smallwood had the most uh, on, the, on the ground, 10 carries, 33 yards. Um, that's really all that could, not a lot happening on the run game. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, five receptions, 63 yards. Zach Ertz, five receptions, 50 yards. And uh, Jordan Matthews, one reception, 37 yards, and a touchdown. And that was that big touchdown early on in the game that, that really gave him a 7-0 lead. And I started to get concerned uh, for, for... But then the next play was a Drew Brees interception. Yeah, I started to get really, really concerned moving into this, moving forward as the game went on because I was like, oh, man, things are about to get interesting. Uh-oh. Yep. Drew Brees was 28 for 38, 301 yards, two touchdowns and interceptions. A great game there by Breezy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 16 carries, 71 yards on the ground. And Mike Ingram, nine carries, 53 yards on the ground. So, well, two very good averages. They're not quite the uh, average combo of uh, Anderson and Gurley, but still very good. Kamara was getting a lot of misdirection type of handoffs. A lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of sweeps, a lot of, a lot of tosses. Um, we were seeing a lot of those, and, and that's where his his yardage seems to really come from when he's running along the edges, uh, getting those 71 yards. You can tell Ingram's average was, was higher than Kamara's, but I, Ingram's average wouldn't have been that high had he not gotten that big run at the end of the game. So to, to seal the one, really, sure. to seal the game. Uh, through the air, Michael Thomas, 12 receptions, 171 yards, a touchdown in, on 16 targets. Jesus. He's, he continues to be Drew Brees' uh, biggest weapon through the air. He, The guy has, I mean, hands made in blue. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. He just, he's Spider-Man at this point. Ted Ginn, three receptions, 44 yards. And Alvin Kamara, four receptions at 35 yards. But for three quarters, the Saints run this game, but they still didn't put as many points you'd expect the Saints team to put up. No, uh, the Saints for for three quarters. You know, the the moment when I realized that the Saints might have this thing wrapped up was in that third quarter drive. They got the ball back. Third quarter, they drive downfield almost nonchalantly. Uh, Drew Brees had control of the situation, and and he showed just why he was. Um, why he's one of the best, and, and he, he drove downfield, even even in spite of penalties. Um, Andrews Pete on, on that O-line had a lot of holding calls, had a lot of, he had, what, two holding calls that, that brought back first downs, and he had a holding call that brought back a um, touchdown on that drive, and, and still he managed to get it down and get it in the end zone and get the job done. Drew Brees does what Drew Brees does. We, we got to see that. Um, I, I liked what, what we saw out of Drew Brees in this game. Uh, the, one of the big stories here, Sheldon Rankins did go down in this game uh, with an injury. He, he did go down pretty bad. So uh, um, I got to tell you, I, I feel um, if I'm the Saints, I'm nervous. 
because Sheldon Rankins is an all-pro. Sheldon Rankins is the heart and soul of that defensive line, and now you're getting ready to go into uh, L.A. Heavy Rams. Yeah, the L.A. with Todd Gurley and Anderson hanging around. That's going to be the, the – there's a lot of questions there. All of a sudden, Saints go from the number the, the number one team in the league with two running backs to potentially number two team in the league with two running backs. Yeah, that's, it's possible. And uh, that is our uh, recap for the divisional round. Now, Tyler – um, we got some business to get into now. We, we've got the number one and number two teams um, in the NFL going at it. Uh, number one in the AFC, number one and two in the AFC, number one and two in the NFC. Yes. Saints are the number one in the NFC. Rams are number two in the A- NFC. Uh, Chiefs are number one in the AFC. Patriots are number two in the AFC. Uh, we're we're gonna start uh, really top uh, four offenses. Top four offenses. We're gonna see a lot of offensive games going on. They're gonna be exciting games. We're gonna. I mean, I'm, uh, we were we were talking fifty point games here. We're, we're talking like you know the the fifty four fifty one monstrosity we saw early on in the year. We're gonna. Say, I mean, at least the games will be exciting. I, I mean, I guess that's the case, right? Oh, you know, they'll definitely be exciting. Yeah, exciting is is kind of you know what the NFL is is aiming for there. Um, not going to see a whole lot of great defense, I don't think, in these games. Um, and and I guess that's indicative of what we've we've seen out of the NFL in recent memory. Just pass happy, you know, big play. Got a fun little bet for you. Okay, All right, I'm going to throw this out there. Okay, 150 points over under. For, for for both games, <laughs> 150 That's points. That's 37 and a half. 37 and a half per, per. team. Um, I'm gonna go over. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna go over on this, this one. This won't count in the in the, in the thing. What I just want to do is, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I will take the under. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not by much. <laughs> this uh, is gonna be a shit show of a week. It's gonna yeah. be. I think you're north of 30 for sure. I, I think both both teams are just gonna have themselves. Just field days. That's what I think is going to happen. I, all, all four of these teams, top four offenses, nobody seemed to be able to have an answer. The the, the Chargers didn't have an answer for Tom Brady and the Patriots. Mahomes um, has just been a beast all year. I, I think the only team that, that you really got to question whether or not they can put up points would be the Rams. And, and if they get that running game going, it's it's trouble in paradise there. So uh, both these games are rematches. Yes, they're the, rematches. In the regular season. Uh, earlier on in the season, Chiefs lost to the Patriots, forty three forty. Earlier on in the season, the Saints beat the Rams in, in dominating fashion, really forty five thirty five. The Rams scored late. Uh, Rams got dominated by the Saints. Who? Well, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was close, and the Saints actually uh, scored uh, again late. Did the Saints? I, I don't know. I thought it was the Rams scored again late. Anyway, 45-35, uh, the, the Saints sealed the deal against the Rams, and uh, Sean McVay at one point said that the game itself was humbling because the Rams had been so good um, moving forward in the, uh, in the season. So humbling or a humbling loss, I guess. So we're going to see what the Rams do when they, they waltz into the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Superdome in New Orleans there to take on the uh, Saints. Um, Tyler, we've got uh, some predictions to make. You're one game down. I'm one game down. So here are your predictions for the conference championships. Um, first game, Saints-Rams. We got uh, some interesting stuff. Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson versus the Saints' number two run defense in the league. Um, Rams have Aqib Tlaib returning this week. Uh, he'll definitely be, cover- be covering Michael Thomas. That's a big thing. Um, Aaron Donald's going to be a-, a factor. We know he is. We also know Sheldon Rankins is officially out 
on that Saints defensive line, which could make a huge difference when it comes to um, this this uh, Rams running game. <sighs> what, what do you think, Tyler? I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you what. I'll, I'm going to go with the Saints. Number one, I'm going with the Saints. Ballsy of you to uh, be in the game down when I'm instantly jumping in, throwing it out there, because I could easily just uh, coast my win to the end here and you, just, I know uh, you could. mimic you here. I know you could. But, but um, where's the fun in that? <laughs> Come on now. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Saints. I think the Saints at home, they're in the dome. Um, you know how, how loud those fans can get in New Orleans. We got to, we got to hear those fans getting loud in New Orleans. Uh, this past week, and and um, I'm going with the Saints. I, I think Drew Brees is just going to be too much to handle. I don't think that uh, we can discount how good uh, Lattimore is and how good guys like P.J. Williams are. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Saints. I, I got to go with Drew Brees here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to stick to something through and through since preseason. Uh... And I, 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 I got to see this one through. This is the one thing that I had predicted since the beginning <laughs> of the season. My bold prediction was they would be the number one team NFC. That hasn't come true. And they tied for it. That, that didn't come true. They were number <laughs> two. No, they didn't tie for it. Saints own the tiebreaker. They did not tie for it. It didn't happen. They you were know what two. I mean. They were number two. But I'm going to see this through and through. I had the Rams representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with that. You, gotta, you had the Rams winning the Super Bowl. I did. Yeah. In both. In, reg- in both. In both. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with the Rams. Wow. Wow, I think, wow, wow. I told you the Rankins out and the Rams having the hottest um, running attack right now. I, I think it, I think the Rams are going to be able to get that run game going and uh, give them some trouble and, and control the time of possession with that run game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could I could see that. Um, I think the the big thing is, is – is, uh, you know the the Saints are the Rams are going to have to control Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. That's that's the big story for them. Can Aqib Tlaib, coming off an of injury, keep up with with Michael Thomas? I think he can. And and that's going to be what what is yet to be seen. Now um, the the second game on Sunday, the 6:40 p.m. game at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's hosting the conference championship game for the first time in the Super Bowl era. It'll be for the Arrowhead for the first time. Kind of exciting. Um, the 12 and 4 Chiefs against the 11 and 5 Patriots. Chiefs are the number one seed. Patriots are the number two seed. Um, Tyler, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. Doing it again, you're just jumping right in there. I am I'm jumping right in. I could really be a dick. <laughs> Chiefs at home, snowy day. Um, I actually think that the snow is going to be more beneficial to the Patriots, and uh, as long as they're not deflating footballs. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, you like that. Uh, and uh, but I think that the Chiefs, uh, they're, they're, they haven't forgotten. They haven't forgotten that loss to the Patriots early on in the season. Even though that Patriots offense is humming, I think that the Chiefs are going to have to stop those checkdowns from from James White. Uh, Tom Brady likes to dump them down a lot. I think they're capable of doing that. I think their linebackers are very good. Uh, I, I want to say that Patrick Mahomes is going to start firing the ball all over the place. The Chiefs brought some interesting looks in their game against the Colts. They, they brought a lot of different looks. That that it was almost like a Matt Nagy offense, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a lot of trick plays. A lot of we have receivers running out of the backfield. I'm going with the Chiefs. I believe the Chiefs will get the job done, um, and, I, I, and, I, and that's wishful thinking because I really don't want to see Tom Brady in a Super Bowl again. 
much as I agree with you, I do not want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. Nobody I, does. I I don't think that the Chiefs' defense can can keep up with this offense. Um, Patriots' offense is hot right now, and the Chiefs' defense has been historically bad this season. But this has been a, a shootout type of game. We saw it in the first one. Yep, and I think in, in, in a shootout situation, Brady's going to beat you. You really do. I, I'm going to Patriots in this one. I think the uh, I think uh, Patriots' offense is going to be very deflating for the uh, Chiefs' defense. <laughs> I, like I like how you did that. Oh boy, very deflating. <laughs> you know you love that. Yeah, I did. Um, all right, and uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we got news around the week. We got some uh, draft stuff. Mel Kuyper did come out with his first big board of the year, so that's exciting. Um, that'll be big board 1.0. Um, and uh, we've got uh, Tyler's top 10, Freytown's Forgotten 5, and uh, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. We got more coaching carousel. It's been an interesting week for the that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. We got to talk about Antonio Brown. AB. AB, the diva. We got to talk about him a little bit, so uh, we'll uh, get back to that stuff right after a word from our sponsors right here. On the outside blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler D, and my host, co-host, Scotty Freytown. He doesn't want me to boo him, so I just figured I would just make noises, and I was getting hit. He was hitting me. I knew what you were doing. This is workplace abuse. This is abuse, Tyler. File a complaint. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to file a complaint with... With With a... Outside of the HR? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I found this on the web. Team. For workplace what, abuse what? is abuse. Really? Shut, you, shut got, you, got really Siri? you got Siri talking during the broadcast. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the HR rep. So, you're going to have to file a workman's luck. comp claim. You're <laughs> the worst HR rep of all time. Um, so uh, here we are, Tyler. we got some news around the NFL. Um a lot of, lot of uh, coaching carousel stuff. We've got some players that are hitting free agents. Free agency. We actually had a signing, which is weird, um, and kind of kind of makes for a fun time. Um, first, I want to talk about uh, just the the biggest one of the bunch. I think uh, in draft is is still right around the corner. Here, we got to remember it's one of our favorite days of the year. Tyler, come on, admit it. Eh. We love the draft. Kyler Murray yeah, did declare, time. Kyler Murray did declare for the NFL draft. Oklahoma quarterback. Um, so he did declare for the draft, and man, he shot up uh, uh, the big boards there. Uh, the overall quarterback selections, he he shot up the big boards. Um, 
we, we did have uh, Mel Kuyper throw his uh, big board out there, and it did include Kyler Murray in that first round. He had him going number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, and, and I think the Dolphins are preparing to move away from from uh, uh, Tannehill. Tannehill here. But, you know, Kyler Murray, I, the thoughts, Tyler? I don't know. Because mm-hmm. you, you also had the chance that he could go uh... – a different route with where he wants to do with his future as well. I mean, he could. I mean, I, I think he's he's pretty secure in the idea that the Oakland A's. He he said he wanted fifteen million dollars to go to the Oakland A's. A lot of money. Yeah, fifteen million dollars for for a, a kid that that I mean is in his sophomore year of college. He finally just said, "Hey, to hell with it! I'm declaring for the draft." The uh, the A's weren't willing to give him that money, so he declared, and uh, now he's sitting there. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, this kid is a he's first round talent. I think he's first round talent. Yeah, I, I don't think Tannehill's as bad as people, people try to put on his back, though. No. They need to get him more help. Yeah. They so need... you get rid of Tannehill and get, bring a new guy in that current system, no one's gonna is going to succeed there. Yeah, I don't. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think Kyler Murray has a little bit more of a, an ability to th- run and throw. Um, I think Tann- Tannehill's the kind of guy that, that backs off into the pocket and can throw the ball uh, out of the pocket really well. But you need a guy that can kind of run and throw and can uh, extend plays in the way that Russell Wilson does. And and that's where Kyler Murray kind of excels in that case. He can run and throw at the same time. Uh, he makes plays with his legs. He extends plays. He can escape the pocket. Um, I like what he can do. He reminds me of Russell Wilson the way he moves. Uh, I, it's kind of an exciting exciting thing for for the draft, and uh, it, it shakes things up in that that top thirty two draft picks area. So uh, there's that. Um, also speaking of the Dolphins, uh, we got to say Jim Caldwell. He joins the Dolphins coaching staff. Good signing. Yep, good signing. He signs a co- and uh, I believe is as defensive coordinator is what they're going to officially make him. Over OC there. is it the offensive coordinator? So they're they're going to he he joins in as a, as a coordinator over there. Um, so I mean it could be a good thing and it, it actually could be a Caldwell decision you know to go after a guy like Kyler Murray. So uh, that that's kind of definitely has some say. Yeah, he well for sure. I mean he's he's almost got to. He's going to be coaching the guy. Um, so I, I would like to, uh, uh, think that he's going to have himself a hell of a time. Now it along with, uh, one of Jim Caldwell's former teams, the, uh, we got a pair of, of signings from Jim Caldwell's former teams. Um, the Colts, they go in, well, they part ways with, uh, Dave DeGuglimo. Well, that's a weird name, isn't it? That's just a typo. Or you just type it down. No, it's <laughs> DeGuglimo, I think his name was, uh, they they part ways with their offensive line coach, which was just which is weird. interesting because their offensive line has greatly improved. Yeah, it was weird. They 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 get rid of their offensive line coach. I don't understand it. Uh, they 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 move on from uh, uh, him and and I just think the coach didn't like pronouncing his name. Yeah, man, that, that <laughs> might be the case. Uh, it was just it was weird. The Lions did hire. Uh, well, first of all, staying in Colts land for a minute. Um, now the Colts are you got Jacoby Brissett getting ready to enter your final year of his contract. Right, uh, yeah. the Colts have said that if if they're going to deal him, they need a deal that's going to blow them away. I I don't know how I feel about that. Well, he's one of the better backups in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's one of the better backups, but it I, I mean, really a, a deal that's going to blow them away. Like, what exactly what, is a fourth rounder? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, <laughs> it's going to blow them away. I mean, like. Jacoby Brissett is not going to get a first round pick. I mean, I, watch him get a, them get a first round pick for Jacoby Brissett. Here's the thing: they're talking about 
Flacco getting a fourth round for him. Yeah. So Brissett's going to be like a fifth. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's even worth that. I mean, you're you're really stretching quite a bit if you're if you're uh, giving away you know large amounts of draft picks for for Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's a starter in this league. Maybe it's just me. Um, also in the Colts land, Adam Vinatieri has said, if the Colts want to have me for 2019, I will not retire. And he will be there. And yeah, and that's what I think. Adam Vinatieri, he looked damn good this year for, for an old guy. Um, he, he, he was, I mean, blasting him through like he was young. I mean, he, the, like a lot of, a lot of older guys have trouble hitting those distance kicks after a while. Um, we got to see that out of Morton Anderson and Gary Anderson for a bit, um, Adam Vinatieri is is blasting fifty yarders through the uprights here. I'm I'm impressed. He's, he's the end of an era. He really is uh, the the perfect uh, um, combination of of distance and accuracy, which which I think is is kind of interesting. Uh, the old guy can still do it. He still got it, and a lot of people just you know I, I'm waiting for that that final you know, see you later from, from old Adam Vinatieri. I think it'll be next season. Yeah, I think after next season he'll he'll be pretty well gone. Um, other teams that uh, Jim Caldwell used to uh, be on, the Detroit Lions did hire Daryl Bevel as their offensive coordinator yesterday. Uh, Daryl Bevel is the former offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he goes out and uh, he, was, he, was the, he took a year off. He was with the Seahawks from 11 till 17, took a year off. He did lead the uh, Seahawks to a Super Bowl, but he also was responsible for the uh, the the pass in the end zone that was initially picked off by the Patriots. One play doesn't define you. One he play had a does- great time. He had a great team there in in, in Seattle. That that could be a very good thing for Detroit. Hey, you know what? Marshawn would have scored. Would have. Hundred percent would have. But uh, he he does get hired by by the Lions. Kind of an interesting thing because you know he'll have Carryon Johnson over there, but Carryon Johnson isn't the type of running back that that Daryl Bevel generally looks for. You know we, we're used to seeing uh, big body, bruising downhill runners. You know, kind of like uh, Marshawn Lynch, and instead he gets a speedster and a lucid back out of uh, out of uh, Carryon Johnson, which which makes for an interesting time for him. Kind of changes things up a little bit over there with Detroit. It and it. You know, I, I think they're going to make a splash. Uh, to me, we were, a lot of people were talking about it, and I was hearing a lot of rumblings. The Lions are probably going to try and make a splash in free agency for a big-bodied back. And, and uh, Zach Zenner, he was on a contract year this year. You don't know if he's going to be coming back. Um, there, there's a lot of uh, interesting things that, that could occur. It could make a splash for a guy like a Bilal Powell. Um, just kind of a bruising type of back is what they're going to need in order for that, that offense to run effectively. So uh, there's that um, when it comes to uh, the Detroit Lions. Daryl Bevel, I think it'll be good for them. I think it'll be good for I think them. it will, too. I think yeah. I think that's a good pickup. I think Matt Stafford is going to benefit greatly from it. He's going to have to start firing the ball deep a little bit because that's Daryl Bevel's big thing. Run the ball effectively, make him come up to come after the run, and then start hurling it deep. So we got to be on, on uh, the lookout for that. Um, other uh, coordinators that got signed around the NFC North uh, – Packers hire Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, very good choice. Honestly, uh, he he fits the mold. Nathaniel Hackett's been very successful in this league. Um, gotta love it. Gotta love it. And also in the NFC North, and this was the big one, I think, in the NFC North right here. And uh, I think it's a good choice, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. 
My Minnesota Vikings, they go out and hire Gary Kubiak as the assistant head coach. That's, that's great. That's a great, great, great move. Slash offensive advisor. And uh, they, they you, apparently Kubiak was kind of a package deal. He, they bring in Brian Periani as the tight ends coach, Rick Dennison as the offensive line coach, and uh, Gary's son, Clint Kubiak, as the, the quarterback coach. Um, over there in Minnesota. Now that uh, one to me is like, uh, okay, we'll see what happens. Like, well, Clint Kubiak has been been the quarterbacks coach for a while. Um, he was a quarterbacks coach for uh, Kubiak down in uh, what was it, Houston. <coughs> He's been around for a minute. Um, Rick Dennison has also been with Gary Kubiak for a long time as an offensive line coach. Um, that's the one I'm a little nervous about. I don't know how they're going to make that offensive line better. Rick Dennison doesn't exactly have a stellar track record with it. Uh, Brian Periani is a very good tight ends coach, though. Um, could be beneficial there. The uh, and and really, here's the the kicker about this whole thing. So Mike Zimmer, he's in a contract year, could very well be on the hot seat. Okay, um, if he doesn't get it together in this upcoming season, Gary Kubiak is a good assistant head coach decision. He's a good offensive advisor. If Mike Zimmer doesn't get it done this year, Kubiak will take over. Yeah, I think Gary Kubiak is going to be your next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, that makes for a very interesting situation over there with the Vikings. I like Gary Kubiak, but I like Zimmer better. I would like to see Zimmer get an extension. But, hey, <clears throat> it's whatever the higher-ups decide. I, I mean, I would rather have Zim, but maybe that's just me. Uh, but uh, Kubiak coming in with this this package deal, apparently this was a package deal. Kubiak wasn't going to sign with the Vikings unless he got to bring uh, Periani, Dennison, and his son, Clint, um, in with the Vikings, so it 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 makes for a, I mean just a, a weird kind of cool situation at the same time. If I'm Mike Zimmer, how nervous am I, and how uncomfortable of a work environment is that at that point? I think I I, I think you can't think about that. You got to think about I'm um, getting this team where it was supposed to be last season, and and uh, work towards getting this to be a a Super Bowl dangerous team in 20, 2019. Yeah, and and I agree with you there. Um, but you know you can't deny that it's it's you know here he is here's Gary Kubiak getting brought in and he's bringing all of his his guys with him and you just you never know what you're going to get there so uh, there's that uh, Gary Kubiak goes there also the Bears defensive backs coach Ed Donatel was named the defensive coordinator with the Denver Broncos uh, you know the Bears defensive backs have actually been weirdly good this year. Yeah, Weird, weirdly good. Yeah, the defense has uh, really picked um, picked it up a bit. I've been very impressed. Yeah, and Ed Donatel comes out, and and now he's going to be the defensive coordinator in Denver. Um, it, it this will be good. I, I think I I want to see if he can run an entire defense. Clearly, he understands what he's doing with uh, the defensive backs out there. Gotta love it. Gotta love what's going on there. I and Denver could use that because Denver's defensive backs have not been uh, very stellar this year. They've been less than less than uh, top notch. Um, we also had uh, in the a former NFC coordinator, uh, Joe DiFilippo, former Vikings mm. offensive coordinator, gets signed by the Jags as the new offensive coordinator um, after tanking in Minnesota. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, if I'm the Jags, I'm not a fan. Um, if I'm the, if I'm the, if I'm Jags fan, I'm, I'm kind of going, eh, it's questionable, questionable. DeFilippo, uh, a lot of pass first stuff, not a lot of run game. Didn't know how to, uh, uh, didn't know how to effectively run the football. And here they are with Leonard Fournette hanging around in the backfield. I think his stats are going to suffer. I think this team is going to suffer. They're not going to be able to get it done. Um, especially if they can't get anything going on the ground. DeFilippo has got to commit to that run game for the first time in his career. 
and and really show that he's not just a pass first, pass all the time type of coach. Even though this is a passing league, you got to be able to effectively run the football. Yep. And and that's what what we're running into there. Um, so Joe D. Filippo takes the reins there as um, as the Jaguars' offensive coordinator. Uh, we also had. Um, Really, Mike Munchak, which, I mean, I know you hate Mike Munchak because the Steelers have, for a long, 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 long time, had a very good offensive line. Yep. Uh, Mike Munchak leaves the Steelers, becomes the Brown, or I'm sorry, the Broncos offensive line coach. Um, so the Broncos make a second hire on the week. It's a good, it's a good move there for the Broncos. Uh, it, they're going to try to build the offensive line to keep their quarterback healthy. Yeah, but whoever that may be. Yeah, I was going to say, Case Keenum's trash anyway. Um, unless he's in the Pat Shermer system, he's trash. So they're uh, gonna they're gonna have to keep Joe Flacco healthy when he potentially goes there this offseason. <clears throat> yeah, that's what we're hearing. Uh, the rumor mill is is stirring Bron- there. Broncos and Redskins seem to be the uh, the chatter of the of what's going to happen. Yeah, and the Broncos kind of emerged recently too yep. when it came to the Joe Flacco well, sweeps. It was it was bigger when uh they when Kubiak was going to be the OC when that yes. kind of ended. It's quieted down a little bit, but it's still there. Hmm. I mean, it, you you gotta like what um. What what John Elway is thinking? I mean, you need a veteran quarterback. Case Keenum's not getting the job done. I mean, they offer get a guy who can be a good bridge quarterback for a few years while you try to bring getting a new young guy. Bingo. And and Flacco's got what two years left on his deal. Um, it, it could turn out to be a, a good move for for old Elway and getting getting them a an effective an effective quarterback. And I, I think Joe's an effective quarterback. He's a very middle of the road type of quarterback, and I think he'll be able to get the job done. Um, better than Foles. Yes, yes, better than Foles. And here's the thing: with Foles, you're, you're, it's going to be a sweepstakes. You're going to have to uh, dedicate three, big money. four, or five years. Big money. Um, with with Flacco, you're going to be, are, um, you should be trading for him to where if something were to go south with him, you can just uh, walk away from it yep, and, and uh, not lose as much as you would <clears throat> on a five, six year deal with Foles. Exactly. Um. Other stuff that that went on in the league, we had uh, the Jets finally, finally close off the yeah their their head coaching <laughs> gig with Wild Eyed Adam Gase, and that's what we're gonna call him, Wild Eyed Adam Gase, Owl Gase, <clears throat> I, I, Owl Gase, coked out Gase. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the guy was on something. Uh, he was just I I don't know He's if he a good was coach. <clears throat> fascinated by the lights. I don't know if he was fascinated by the amount of people. I don't know if he just wasn't expecting such a reception. I don't know if the camera flashes were catching him off guard. I mean, the man just looked oblivious to, I mean, just life. He was just staring, and, I mean, he, might, he was like on mushrooms or something. I don't know. It was it was crazy. It was the most, uh, he looked like a serial killer, Tyler. <laughs> he did. He looks like a serial killer. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on with the man. He came out and was just, all over the place. It's a great signing, though. I, I I think Adam Gase didn't get. Yeah, he wasn't given enough time to do what he needed to do, and didn't get the right pieces given to him in Miami. I, no, I, I think Adam Gase ha- is going to a to a up and coming team that could be a danger. Yeah, to the rest of the league. Here, Adam so. Gase is going to have to be given the proper pieces. He's going to have a good time frame now. He already got himself a franchise quarterback over there, so that's good. And they they just signed Quincy Anunwa to an extension. So he's got some pieces over there. Now is the time for the New York Jets to saddle up and get the man some parts. The Jets are going to have to make moves in order to build this football team and and, and do a good job with it. And there's something to be said about uh, consistency and uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, team being used to each other, have a 
a rapport. They have a rapport with each other. And they have the cap space to not only get Le'Veon Bell, but Antonio Brown. Uh, so if you want to build a rapport, it's not a bad way to go. But here, I think I think Antonio Brown's a head case. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, it, it'd be a good rapport. So here's what, well, now that you bring him up, Antonio Brown... We, we've heard rumors of him possibly going to the Jets. We've heard po- rumors of him. You know, so Vegas released their odds of, of the two te- or the teams that would be most likely to get them. The teams that emerged were Atlanta and Detroit. Um, Atlanta doesn't need them. Yeah, they don't need them. And, and that's why I'm like, Vegas is out of their minds. Vegas has no idea about football. If I had to put, um, if I had to pick two teams, I thought that he should go. Jets would be one of them, given the cap, and maybe the Browns. I don't know if the Browns. I mean, I'd have to look at the Browns' cap space. I they still think they got money, <clears throat> but and I, the, here's the thing about the Antonio Brown trade that that is really getting me. And and first of all, we'll just go ahead and, and throw it out there. Bruce Arians says Tampa will not be in the running because Brown is too much of a diva. Uh, so you, you don't have to worry about him going to Tampa Bay. But here's the thing about the Antonio Brown thing. Everybody thinks that that this trade is going to happen. It's and likely not. And that's it. Um, if the Steelers traded him or released him in any fashion, they'd still be taking the same hit yeah, as if he was still on the team. But they're not going to take a $20 million bath on a guy to play against him. You Unless know, they were given something very, very lucrative for it. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to be given something in return. They'd it'd, be, have, it'd be very much a Cleo Mac. I mean, yeah. You're getting a first-rounder this year, first-rounder next year. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to get some big but things. It would take a lot to convince Pittsburgh to that taking a – $20 million hit, if they got rid of him, they, they would still not have $20 million to use with or without him. Um, that that It would be worth it to them. Yeah, and and I, I think, honestly, I think Antonio Brown comes back to Pittsburgh. I think he plays out this season. They have a buyout at the end of the year, and, and they take the buyout, and they go they move on. But but Antonio, they're not going to take a $20 million bath on Antonio Brown. No, absolutely they're not. not. Uh, I, I just think that's crazy talk, and, and even even – if they they retained him and they brought him into the next season, Antonio Brown, they would be taking a a fifteen million dollar bath on him if they brought him in the following season. The the Steelers are not going to do that. They just signed him. Yeah, they're not going to do it. It's nuts. It's crazy talk. And I think Antonio Brown, like you said, I think he's a head case. But yeah, I mean, but I, on one end of it though, I think Brown sees the writing in the wall. Ben's about done. Bell's out the door. I, th- I think he sees that he's sitting. He just signed a contract with a sinking ship. Yeah, maybe, but we have to remember that there's one guy sitting over there that everybody keeps seems to discount. Mason Rudolph's not going to be any good. I think Mason Rudolph has an opportunity to be a good quarterback in this league. I think I, he does. I just don't see it. He's he's a big-bodied guy like Ben. I think Mason Rudolph could be all right. And and if him and Antonio but Ben Brown, hates him though, he's not going to teach him. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you, you're you're going to see some interesting things um, going on there in in Pittsburgh now. We get to see we got to see some other things. Uh, uh, so Cam Newton first. We'll start there. Cam Newton's going to have to undergo shoulder surgery, um, and and uh, really, they rumors are swirling that Colin Kaepernick, just like when we thought the guy was just done being talked about, Colin Kaepernick could be looked at with the Carolina Panthers to be their next quarterback. I hate this. I think Colin Kaepernick needs to get the hell out of the league. Stay the hell out of the league. You're trash. Have a nice day. <laughs> Am I? Uh, that's where I'm at. I'm he's, so tired of hearing about Colin Kaepernick. Good. He's, he's not good. He's not good. I'm tired of hearing about Colin Kaepernick. He's not good. His stats suck. He's overrated. He got benched 
And then he decided to make a scene to try and get signed to a contract. He asked for too much money. To hell with Colin Kaepernick. I'm tired of him. Plus, he's spent how many seasons out now? I mean, you want to bring in a cold quarterback? and that's Yeah, it's garbage. To hell with Colin Kaepernick. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. He's garbage. And, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about bringing him in to, to replace Cam Newton. I'm sorry. Colin Kaepernick is nowhere near the quarterback that Cam Newton is. Nowhere near it. Cam Newton is ten times the quarterback that Cam, that, that, uh, Cam Newton is ten times the quarterback that Colin Kaepernick is. He really is. Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback. I think so. Um, he's a better athlete, a better runner. Um, may, maybe not quite a better passer yet, but he's, he, he's not yet. going to be. Not yet. But but what I saw out of Lamar was promising in that fourth quarter, that, that divisional round game. Yep. I mean, really, I don't believe in Colin Kaepernick. I don't think he's any good. I think he's trash. He's been out of the league now, for about two years now. To hell with him. This is what I'm going to say. Um, should Colin Kaepernick be a star in this league? No. No. But he is better than about half the league's backups. Eh. I disagree with him not being on a team because I think he should be a backup. It depends. Um, most teams have three quarterbacks. You're trying to say hey, that, there's, that he's not better than a single third-string quarterback? I disagree. The guy's been off. He's better years. than he's better than Landry. He's twice as good as Landry Jones. He's not as good as Kyle Sloter. I disagree. <laughs> but, but but ignoring the uh, out of the league part, I mean, being that he got a contract right away, and part of it's he wanted a lot of money. But he's better than a lot of these second, third-string quarterbacks. Is he a lot of? Be- is he better than a lot of second, third-stringers? I yeah. Is he? Is he? Still, a guy that I'm going to choke up a boatload of money for. I mean, a he boatload was asking, of money? No, he was asking 15 million. Well, Mike Lennon gets that. Yeah, well, he was asking 15 million though. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy talk. Lennon. That's crazy talk. I'm not giving a backup quarterback 15 million dollars. I'm not doing it. You'd be, be out of your mind. Everybody, high. I think he's better than Case Keenum. Ah, uh, no, I don't think he's better than Keenum. I don't. I don't. I think Keenum's a more effective passer than than Colin Kaepernick is, hands down. Passer? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Now, um, other stuff that are quarterbacks getting signed, speaking of, of Denver quarterbacks, Paxton Lynch, former Denver quarterback, gets signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Where's, uh, where, where, where is he? Where is he? Where's Josh? I've <laughs> got Paxton Lynch. Um, everybody, I remember when Paxton Lynch, everybody was saying Paxton Lynch was going to be great. And Paxton Lynch turned into a turd. Uh, <laughs> now... So Paxton Lynch, he, he goes and he signs with the the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And be will be cut by the end of training camp. You think so? Uh, yes. I, I think Paxton Lynch, I think he lasts all the way into the season. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be a backup. He's obviously going to back up Russell Wilson. But uh, Paxton Lynch, I, I think he'll be sitting in that backup situation, and that's where he'll remain. Well, you're also delusional who thinks that uh, John Gruden's going to truly um, go with uh, Nate Peterman. John Gruden loves Nate Peterman. I don't care. He's, he's gonna, not going to start. He's going to revive Nate Peterman's career. You watch. Fuck off. You watch, Tyler. No, uh, in, in reality, I think John Gruden's a nutcase. Uh, so we have other stuff going on. Like John Gruden, I'd expect to have the Adam Gay size. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John Gruden's <laughs> completely out of his mind. The man's nuts. I feel like him and Chris Collinsworth just sit there and, and have beers together and just ramble on and on. Now, here's a guy and all kinds of stuff like that. And then, you know, Collinsworth, here's a guy. And then, and then you got Gruden on the other hand, like, oh, Nate Peterman. And they just kind of, you know, throw weird crap at each other like it's the Twilight Zone. I'm, I'm fully expecting next season, um, it'll you'll have uh, the Oakland Raiders, you'll have Colin Kaepernick thrown to Terrell Owens. <sighs> <laughs> My integrity hurts. Um, now, we also had a, um, 
uh, a few things going on. Uh, Gronkowski, people were talking about him. He says he hasn't thought about retiring. Um, I think we can agree that Rob Gronkowski hasn't been the same Rob Gronkowski that we have seen throughout the years. He hasn't had exactly had a long career. No. Man's running around with a huge arm brace on. That's a weapon. <laughs> huge arm brace on. Oh, he's running around with that thing. Gronk is, feel fine. Gronk not retired. Yeah, Gronk a, okay. Gronk okay. Uh, Gronk is, is uh, he says he's not considering retirement. I mean, or he's not thinking about it anyway. What's retirement? Yeah, two guys that are mulling over their future in football and retirement. Sean Lee, linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, wide receiver from the Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, both guys mulling over their future in football and uh, what they want to do. Um, if you're Sean Lee, I think you're safe to return. I, Sean Lee's had a lot of injuries. I think they're both safe to return. Yeah. I, I, I think they're both going to finish their careers where they're at, too. You think so? Yep. Fitzgerald, I think he's in a contract year. I think he his contract's up at the end of the season with the Arizona I, Cardinals. I think they'll give him one more season. It, well, it, if he wants to stay, he'll stay. Want to hear something interesting? And and I don't like it, but it's interesting. Larry Fitzgerald is from Minnesota. He says he might want to finish out his career as a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, I think I think that's just a little um, pipe dream there. I mean, it it probably is, but uh, that that is something that he did say in an interview recently that he wants to finish out as a Minnesota Viking. Uh, Sean Lee, I mean, one of the greatest linebackers that Dallas has ever had. I, I think we can agree on that. Yep. He's been very good in spite of all the injuries. I mean, he's had a lot of knee injuries, a lot of elbow injuries, a lot of wrist injuries, a lot of concussions. Um, Sean Lee contemplating retirement as well. Um, if you're Sean Lee, do you re do you retire at this point in time? He's, what, 34? I think he might. I think, I think might, he might be done. But another potential retirement out there, mm -hmm. and this really depends on what the team wants to do. Um, yeah. I'm surprised to hear this from him, given his career. Mm -hmm. Eric Weddle ah. has said, you hear this one? He has said that um, um, if the Ravens do not choose to keep him, he's retiring. A Raven. Well, I mean, Eric Weddle, he's had his... Um, long career in, with long Chargers. Career. Yep, he had, but he had his best best years in Baltimore. I think he's had I, some I of guess, his. Uh, I think he's had some of his best defensive years, and and uh, his best years of his play have been in Baltimore. He's. I think it's more. He's gotten a chance to be this defense's leader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have Suggs too, but um, Weddle's kind of taken this this defense by the by the horns and taken control of it. Yeah. Um, Weddle's had a long career, so him talk about retirement is not surprising in the least. No, not at all. I think what's. I think the surprising aspect is his uh, desire to retire. On As a team a he's only spent three seasons with. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he was pissed off at the the Chargers. Maybe he's and you saw you saw Steve Smith do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they maybe they just love like you know Ozzie Newsom and stuff. I mean, it, it, I mean, it does it? I mean, part of it. Um. Well, let me ask you the question. Being from an outside looking in, mm -hmm. does it does it say a lot about about the the um how this team um how Harbaugh and how the defense how how the coaching um treats their players that players want to um have partially. Want to have their careers viewed as where they they finished your even even if it wasn't the long part of their career? Partially, um, I, I think it it says something about that. But you know, Ozzie Newsom, for example, has always been a, uh, a players' general manager. I think that's a big thing. Same with Harbaugh, and and Harbaugh has always been a players' coach, and and that's that's just kind of what it is, and and that's how the Harbaugh brothers have always been. They've been players' coaches. Um, 
I, I think that's that's how guys like Steve Smith Steve Smith left Carolina in bad terms. Oh yeah, bad terms. Nasty. And and he went over and and Eric Weddle left San Diego in bad terms. And that's part of it too. Is they're they got still have a bad taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And and they're going well. Fine, hell with you. I spent ten years here, but here's my middle finger. I'm going to go play in Baltimore. I'm going to enjoy it. And Baltimore treated these guys right. They treated them like they should be. They're they're veteran guys. They're kind of royalty around here. Yeah, Weddle um, got given captain first year. Yep, and and Weddle is a tremendous player. He's been a tremendous player for a long time. He's a leader. You know he's a leader. Um, and I think they appreciated that. And and so to see those guys say, hey, I'm finishing my career here, and that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a Raven for life, and that's what it is. I, I think that says something not only about how your organization and the Ravens organization treats players, but I also think it says something about how um, poorly their relationship ended in their respective first stops in San Diego and Carolina. Yeah, because I mean, <coughs> as good as it seems as the Ravens organization has treated players, I stand by. I feel like uh, um, Flacco kind of is getting hosed. Oh yeah. Um, they're not treating him the way they should have in, in his exit here. Not at all. Um, he's not going around going out in Cinderella stories. He's basically going out backdoor style. It's, yeah, he is. It's unfortunate. It is. Um, and he's going to take off, and and he's going to find a he's going to catch on somewhere else, and he's. But I think Flacco at the end of the day is going to return to the Ravens and be perfectly fine with it. I think he's going to return to the Ravens as and retire as a Raven. Oh, come at, at the end of the day after a few more years. Yeah, he'll get that oh, one yeah, day I contract agree. and retire as a Raven. I agree. That's where he's had his but, his bulk of his success. But with that Flacco thing, I'm I'm, I'm going to stand by this. I him him going out the wrong way. I truly believe that um, Harbaugh didn't want to put Lamar in when he did, and Harbaugh may have wanted to put him in that Charger game. I feel like well, now he's stuck. Well, the thing is, I feel Harbaugh was also fighting for his career. I think uh, yeah. he had a lot of pressure from from above saying we got to do we got to do a change. I think Harbaugh made a decision to. Uh, I don't want to say save his own ass, but he, in a way, yes. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, otherwise, you'd be looking at um, Ravens being without Harbaugh and Joe. Joe's gone out the door either way. Yeah, he was. John knew gone. that he was going to be gone. So, um, I, I mean, so I'm glad Harbaugh's there. I'm, I'm upset Joe's not going to be there, but I feel like if uh, Harbaugh was was not in the hot seat, Joe would have been given that um a more a better setting of a Cinderella's um exit. Yeah, he would have been given a more significant role this year, I believe. So, I mean, it it kind of. A lot of things, um, you know, affected that situation. I think you're going to see uh, Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle, because he's so angry at at San Diego. He's going to retire a Raven, and he's going to stay as a Raven. And you're going to see that long term. And I, I hope you get him. I want. I want one more year for Weddle's. My is my take on it. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. Eric Weddle's great. And even <laughs> even even though he's beginning to decline, I, I still think. Uh, Eric Weddle, I mean, you got Jimmy Smith, too, could take over that role, but I, I, I want to see one more great year from Eric Weddle. Yeah. One guy we might see one more year out of, uh, Antonio Gates says he wants to return for 2019 to the Chargers. Um, and uh, he had himself actually a really good year this year. Yeah, you know, because he had gotten cut because um, <clears throat> yep. they, they were moving forward with Hunter Henry. Yep. Now Hunter Henry's back. It'll be interesting how they go about it. I think uh, he'll have to take some sort of uh, pay cut. Um, he could get cut again. It'll, it'll be interesting. You know, he had a good Antonio Gates quiet. It was a quiet year because he was sharing uh, catches with Virgil Green, but it was a good year. Um, he had 28 receptions on the year, 333 yards. Um, he did have two touchdowns on the year. In the playoffs is when he made his biggest splashes, though. He he caught some passes that, um, you know, he had the touchdown pass against Patriots. He had 41 yards. He had 35 yards against the, the Ravens, a very tough defense there. 
but he was making a splash in the playoffs, making uh, extending plays, really getting um, passes for first downs, getting past the sticks there. So, I mean, he was getting the job done. Him and Virgil Green did a, did really well pairing off. Uh, I think Hunter Henry is going to is obviously a better fit. He's younger, he's faster. But Antonio Gates, for a guy his age, at 38 years old, to come walking out of this football team after being cut and, and to play good ball the way he did, I mean, kudos to him on getting the job done. I would like to see him again in 2019. Um, whether or not he gets signed is yet to be seen, but we'll, we'll find out um, as time goes on. Now, a guy that won't be, uh, well, it could be re-signed, but probably won't be, Brandon Graham, linebacker of the Philadelphia Eagles, says he wants to check out free agency, um, which is a surprise because the Eagles have notoriously had a good defense, and it, one of the big names was Brandon Graham. Uh, their, their defense was kind of centered around uh, him, and and uh, here we are, Brandon Graham checking out the free agency market, maybe looking for a bigger payout. I mean, what do you think, Tyler? I think he's definitely looking for a bigger payout. And uh, um, here's what I'm going to say on that. Mark my words. If it's a big if, because I, I I still stand by this is going to be done. But um, yeah. if for some reason the Ravens do not re-sign C.J. Mosley which would be a travesty and a, and a dumb move, uh-huh. Ravens will sign Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is uh, slated to make $7 million this uh, this past year. Now he'll be an unrestricted free agent. He'll be 31 years old. Um, so his uh, total contract was $26 million that he made with the Eagles. Um, not a bad choice. Um, and now he's 30. Now he's 30. He's, he's looking for that big payout, looking for that big money. Um He's one of the better linebacker or defensive ends in the league. He's technically a linebacker. He's he's considered a defensive end, but he's technically an outside linebacker that they used as an edge rusher. Um, and, and I and I could even as Suggs goes, I can see. I, I think Ravens are going to look at him. Yeah, yeah, they they're going to have to as an he's. That's like I said, they, the 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 style of of defense that the the Eagles use. Brandon Graham, they stuck him on the edge. Uh, they they always say oh he's a defensive end and at the same time he he was he was drafted as a linebacker coming off the edge as an outside linebacker so he'll be a good fit in that Raven scheme. Um, Brandon Graham's really good. He's a good player. Yes, uh, he is. He's a speedster. He's not going to get a huge contract now that he's in his, now that he's thirty. No, but... but he's good. He's effective at rushing the quarterback. Um, he knows how to be disruptive. Uh, he he gets into the the backfield very quickly. Um, I like Brandon Graham. I like him a lot. I don't think he makes a lot of plays in coverage. Uh, he's more of just a pass rushing, edge rushing kind of guy. Uh, <clears throat> but he's he's very good uh, statistically. I mean, he's had good years sacks wise, um, and he, he, really he 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 plays consistently. He's not hurt a whole lot. Uh, I mean, he's got, I mean, four sacks, three sacks, five and a half sacks, five sacks, five sacks. So he's he's played well, uh, especially for the money they've been paying him. Uh, a lot of tackles. A lot, a lot of forced fumbles. He's at well, at least looking at similar players. Oh, I'm sorry. So his sacks are five and a half, oh. three, five and a half, six and a half, five, five and a half, nine, nine, and four. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, so, I mean, he does get in the backfield quite a bit. He's had uh, forced fumbles. He's had a ton of forced fumbles. Uh, two, two, one, four, four, two, two, one. I mean, a lot of forced fumbles throughout his career. He's his eight, 18 total uh, in an eight-year career. So I mean he's he's worth the money. Somebody's going to pay him big money. He plays uh I mean he's missed one game in the last 6 years. One game. <laughs> I mean that's you know you're going to get your money's worth out of him. 
He plays 75% of the snaps out there. Got to like what, what this guy does. I, I like Brandon Graham. So um, he's going to wind up getting signed somewhere. Um, I'm surprised he's testing the free a free agency. Um, uh, he's And he says he flat out said, he said, I'm not going to be silly in contract talks with the Eagles. So whatever that means. <laughs> that's He'll definitely get a landing place for sure. Yeah, he, he, that's an interesting one. And last but not least, um, for this weekend, we got to talk a little bit about this weekend. The Chiefs did activate uh, Laurent Duverday, uh, Duvernay Tardif. That's a tongue-twisting type of name. Uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif gets uh, activated. The offensive guard, uh, he, he's the, uh, the starting offensive guard, one of the better offensive guards in the league. He gets started, and uh, Patrick Mahomes gets some extra protection moving into his matchup, his showdown this week with the New England Patriots. So with that, Tyler... Um, we're going to uh, take ourselves a quick, blur, a quick break, and then we're going to come back for uh, one of your favorite spots, and uh, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage. A natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. Uh, I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Along with, uh, see how the tides turn. Along with uh, the titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, we are... Uh, Nearing the end of our uh, our episode here, episode twenty seven, but we we do have one segment left that we have to go through here, and uh, I know you're excited and you're you're over here stretching your denim, and I know <laughs> it. Um, it's time for a little segment that we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's your favorite moment of the day, and we're going three in a row here. Gonna keep it going, three in a row. Impact players going into this weekend. Into this, it's weekend. a little more difficult. A little more, but you see, you're you're cutting all the the the, the next weekend's going to be like just insanity. And I'm doing it again. I know, I know. <laughs> That's the thing. It's going to be insanity. We're gonna we're getting down to two teams, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, well, top, I, I gotta figure out. Players. I gotta figure out what next week's top ten is gonna be because it's not because that's gonna be for Super Bowl week. Because Pro Bowl's next weekend, so I gotta. Oh, I got yeah. a weird top ten for next week. Yeah, well, next week. Oh, we. we should, yeah, yeah. I mean, we. Well, it's got to be Pro Bowl related. I guess it's gotta be. Know. It's gotta be Pro Bowl related. Oh, I know. Pro Bowl. Gotta love the Pro Bowl. See, I wish the Pro Bowl meant something. I know. I wish it did because I mean, like the Pro, it's like it's you know the the MLB All Star Game. You know, they 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 get to put it in whichever league stadium they they put the the World Series in whichever league stadium wins it. That's that's the whole point of the the uh, uh, MLB All Star Game. And I wish that they did the same thing with the Pro Bowl, 
And instead, it's just like, hey, Pro Bowl, who cares? You know, like, I don't give a fuck, you know, whatever. Just cancel it. Yeah, I mean, it, they they should make it whichever conference wins gets to have the, the bowl in one of their stadiums. Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, but they they do so many years out in the Super Bowl, it's hard. Well, who cares? Do it for the, do like for the following year. Yeah, yeah. Following um, following year, you, like, you have to consider the AFC team. It's got to be a, whoever wins, it's got to be, a, you got, that's got to be, the t- you got to pick an AFC team stadium at least. Yeah. And that's that's how it should be. They make it worth something. It's not worth anything, you know. I mean, it, it, they tried to make it worth something when they had well, who was it? It was it was Dion and they did coach. They did like special coaches and stuff. Yeah. And then they went away from that because no one cared. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And and having the fans vote on it is trash too. That's garbage. Fans don't know any better. You know what? Fans do that in all in all sports. <clears throat> no, they don't know any better. That's the thing. But they made Chris Boswell the kicker over there in the AFC. <laughs> The man's one of the most inaccurate kickers in the league. Yeah, let's make Chris Boswell. 70% this year. Yeah, let's make Chris Boswell the kicker of the the AFC just because of the fact that he's a stealer. Like, who cares? I don't want Chris Boswell kicking field goals. It's a joke. So, um, but Tyler, uh, Tyler's top 10. I know we got impact players going on here. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you the reins. Take it away, my friend. Number 10, Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, the worst of the four. This weekend, yeah, um, he's not. He's been the the coldest quarterback wise as far as passing for six weeks now. He's, he's been, been a very cold. good game manager, yeah, but he's been cold at quarterback, cold for six weeks. Um, I but I believe if he can continue to game manage the way he has been, um, Rams could have a, a, a good chance this weekend. They could. Uh, a lot of it hinges on on whether or not Jared Goff can start throwing the ball effectively. I mean, 186 yards is not to me going to get it done against a, a high powered offense like the Saints. Jared Goff's going to have to to win this game. Yeah, he's going to have to step up and throw the football. If he doesn't, I mean, he'll be an impact player for his team, whether it be positive or negative. But And, and he's going to have to step up and be the Jared Goff that we saw at the beginning of the season, putting up 400, 500 yards, I'll really chucking the ball. I'll you this. If any quarterback does not throw for 300 yards, guaranteed loss. Yeah, I, it's almost guaranteed. One of the, one of the four, uh, well, uh, three of the four is going to have to, to – they're going to have to I mean, we know the 3 are going to step up. We know it's going to be Brady, we know it's going to be Mahomes, we know it's going to be Breeze. We know they're going to step up and start chucking it all over the yard. The big one about is is Goff. Can Goff get it done against the Saints? And the Saints defense isn't anything to write home about, especially with Sheldon Rankins being down. So it opens up things for Gurley and it opens up things for things for Anderson, but at the end of the day, the Saints are going to going to account for that. And the Saints are gonna going to uh, uh, make plays on that running game. You got to know that Sean Payton, being the type of coach that he is, knows Todd Gurley's out there. He knows that Anderson's out there, and he knows that both of them are hot. And the thing is, and the Rams got to get back to the the first half of the season where they were at because first half of the season golf was on MVP watch. Yes, he then was. It, then it shut down. I'm not sure what happened there, but he, he just golf quit. has to get back to what he was doing the first half of the season. If he doesn't, the Rams will not go to the ball. Correct. It's just what it is. So I agree with you. He's either going to be a major positive impact player or he's going to be a major detractor to his team not making the Super Bowl. Number nine, Alvin Kamara. Yes. Saints got a a plethora of weapons, so it's hard to uh, put anyone too super high because it's going to be the ball's going to be spread. I love and hate Alvin Kamara. I know Uh, Alvin Kamara is one of the best backs in this league. Um, he's 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 the Probably the best uh, change of pace guy in the league right now. Yes. Um, he's going to continue to be. He's going to have a huge impact this weekend. I love Alvin Kamara because of his ability to catch out of the backfield. He's a change of pace back. I love him because of the fact that he can still, and he's proven it, he can take the ball out of the backfield, he can be handed off, and he can run. That kid, uh, he's, he's just elusive. 
He's fast. He's a great back. Is he ever going to be on every down back? I don't know about all that. But he's a great change of pace guy. He's got a lot of speed, a lot of talent, great hands. Um, one big thing about Alvin Kamara is, um, you know, he still has Ingram kind of breathing down his neck there. Ingram's going to be probably going out the door at the end of the season as a free agent. Um, and Alvin Kamara is going to be handed the reins there. He's going to be the biggest impact player, though, for the Saints, I think, going into this game outside of maybe a guy that's on your your uh, your list. Um, but uh, Alvin Kamara, he changes things for the Saints. He definitely does. He changes everything for the Saints, and he changes everything for the defenses he takes on. Catching the ball out of the backfield, he gets all those passes underneath, and the guy makes plays with his legs. He's so fast. I love the guy because he's so good at what he does, but I hate the guy all at the same time because – we have to go against him almost every year, and I can't stand it. Alvin Kamara makes lives very, very, very difficult. And it's crazy. He's only in his second year. Second year, and he's going to be, I mean, he's going to have a nice long career. I think he's better than Reggie Bush used to be. I agree. Yes. Number eight, Sonny Michael. He's been a huge part of this uh, playoff already in just one game, and just uh, he torched the uh, the Chargers on the ground. 126 and three touchdowns. Yowza. Um guys he's like, like a, if I was doing a top ten um um stat wise, he'd probably be a number one. Yeah, he's he's um like a heat seeking end zone missile. I mean the guy the he's a if you would have told me at the beginning of the year and, and we we crapped on this pick. We crapped on it because we didn't we're like, oh man, it's a crappy pick early on. He's exploded um and and come out and, and been one of the best backs that this league has he's he's a he's running downhill really well he's knocking guys over he's running through the trenches he's making plays um all three of those touchdowns he he scored one on the goal line he scored one from a distance i mean he was he was just going yeah um, when we were talking about guys and and penny we really should have been talking about michael and chubb yep that's it that's it and and sony michael has has come out in a way that that i mean we never expected so I'm excited uh, to see what he can do against this Chiefs team. The Chiefs uh, getting—I mean, they—they've got some pieces coming back on on defense here, but I believe that uh, Michael's going to give them a run for their money. Number seven, Tyreek Hill, the mo the most reliable piece of that to that Chiefs offense for Mahomes. I think he's the playmaker of that team, easily. Oh yeah, without I mean, a doubt. Damian Williams emerging was a huge thing, and he's that kind of guy that's going to break down. Uh, a defense, and that's great. Um, but I, I believe in in Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill is the kind of guy that he'll catch a ball underneath and take it sixty five yards if you don't tackle him correctly. Um, he's fast, great hands, great vertical threat. Uh, he, he's like that receiver that can kind of do it all. And we saw when he when he emerged in this league, he was like, man, what a playmaker! And and he's really just been something special to watch, especially this year. This year, he's just been something else. Um, Holmes has been, and, and him are just clicking on all cylinders. You you gotta know, um, you gotta know that that Tyreek Hill is going to be the number one look for Mahomes on just about every play, and uh, Tyreek Hill is going to have his um, his work cut out for him taking on some of these uh, these defensive backs with the uh, Patriots. There, would you believe me if I said that Tyreek Hill was the third highest chief in my top ten? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You talk about Tyree Kill being the guy, but he's not just the guy. Let's, let's, let's mm -hmm. be quite honest. Yeah. And my next guy, Travis Kelsey, who way outshined Tyree Kill this past week. Yep. Travis Kelsey is the is the big-bodied, trust, trusted source for Mahomes. A, we can't forget about Kelsey. He's 
been a big part of this offense all season. Kelsey makes great plays in traffic. Um, he's he's great over the middle. Uh, Mahomes, it's like you you said, he trusts them. It's kind of like you know a lot of these these teams will have that that trusted tight end. Uh, the Vikings have Rudolph. You know they they got like Kyle and Rudolph. Rudolph's good. And a lot of tight ends are good, but Kelsey's Kelsey, new Gronk. Yeah, he's he's a monster. Right and, now, you're talking about uh, if you want to rewind five years, you're on. Um, you're talking Gronk and Graham. Yeah, it's the Kelsey Ertz show right now. Right, right now, yes, and and uh, I, I think Kelsey, he he's that that trusted tight end that that you know is going to find a way in traffic to make a play. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, he's a team leader. The fans are behind him. You gotta love it. Uh, I I like this this selection, and and even though uh, Tyree Kill I think is the bigger playmaker per se, I think Kelsey has shown that he's a major part of this offense. Hundred percent. Number five, Todd Gurley. Gurley's gonna have to be a big part of this offense and lead this team if they want to have a chance of winning this game. This is kind of a sink for him because Gurley is usually you know listed as number one or two on your list, and recently because Gurley's injury, he's kind of dropped a little bit. And that's not the reason why he got him dropped. I, I believe um this week, this past week was him easing back in. Yeah. This week is at a hundred percent. But with the with the tight with the, with the caliber of offenses that we're dealing with. I think this, this is going to have to be more on... It's a passing game. It's going to be a passing game. Gurley's going to be very well involved, but Gurley being it, being able to run the ball early is going to be a big part of the Rams being able to stay in this game. It's going to be a big factor. And and so Todd Gurley, uh, I agree with you. He's going to have to catch the balls out of the backfield. He's got a lot of a lot of power um, when, he, when he's running up the middle. He's got a lot of speed. We know that. Uh, Gurley's going to have to be a major factor for the Rams in order for them to win this football game, especially when they enter the red zone. That's where Gurley does his most damage when they're in the red zone, especially catching out of the backfield in the red zone. We got to see that in a lot of games this year. Um, Gurley had a lot of a lot of receiving touchdowns this year. We got to remember that he's good in all facets of the game. I like this. Uh, I, I think you're on, absolutely on the right track. You're absolutely correct. Um, I like Todd Gurley. This one's going to be a fun one. Number four, Michael Thomas, been a been a thorn in everyone's side all season. Just just he's a security blanket for him. He's a playmaker for him. He's he is the probably the largest part of his offense right now. He's he's everywhere. I think that honestly, I'm amazed that you got him as low as you do. Uh, Michael Thomas just he was the bane of every team's existence last year. He's the bane of every team's existence this year. He almost single-handedly brought the New Orleans Saints back last year. Barring that miracle play, the Saints would have been uh, in the NFC Championship game instead of the Vikings. Um, Michael Thomas, would, I mean, he had two touchdowns in that, that divisional game. He, now he has the, the 171 yards and a touchdown in this last one. He, Drew Brees loves this guy. Um, 12 receptions last game. He He's constantly getting open. He's constantly getting the ball. It doesn't seem like there's any corner out there that can handle him. He and and you know I remember everybody we used to hear about Marcus Colston a lot. Remember when Marcus Colston was something special? This guy is like the younger version of Marcus Colston, and he's like a reincarnated but better version of Marcus Colston. He gets open. He catches the ball. He can catch in traffic. He's a deep threat. Uh, he's just consistent. He's very consistent, and I love that about him. He doesn't make mistakes, and uh, I I I I think that Michael Thomas. Like I said, I think you got him a little low on your list there. But I think he's going to be a huge factor going into this weekend. 100%. Ben, the reason why he's low on my list is because we're going to the top three. And juggernaut offenses live and die by the quarterback. Yes. Number three. This this was tough. I mean, you kind of have an idea who my last three mm-hmm. are at this point. 
Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Patrick Mahomes at three. I'm surprised he's three. Well, he's got some really great playmakers uh-huh. in Hill and, and Kelsey that help make his job easier. But he's a playmaker in himself. He he is. He is. But I decided to uh, give one and two to the playoff veterans. And uh. As far as being impact players for this week, ignoring everything, I think uh, he's going to have the third best performance of the three. I love Patrick Mahomes, and, and I love the things that he does, the fun that he's been having on the field. There's a swagger about Patrick Mahomes that that you just can't get over, and that you gotta love the the no look passes and oh, it's you know, incredible. The, the guy he's just got, and and that's the thing that it's it's the guy's not arrogant about it either. The man's just got this swag about him, and you gotta love that Patrick Mahomes swag. The way he carries himself, it's not arrogance; it's just extreme confidence. The guy's very very good at what he does. He's the future of this league at the quarterback position. You know as well as I do, um, Patrick Mahomes is something special, and and he's going to deliver that football in a way that only Patrick Mahomes can. Um, moving into this uh, next game here, but we also saw a great season out of Dak Prescott. I mean, can can defenses uh, figure him out and uh, shut him down next season? It, it's possible. Yeah, it it is possible. Oh, top two, man! I hate to be that guy. <laughs> Number two is going to be Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees, he's he's gonna do what Drew Brees does and 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 push on. I, he, they're gonna have a great game. The, the Rams are gonna have a tough, tough time stopping him. Yes. And number one, number one, as much as I hate to do it, really, and you know you can see it, really, they're hot right now, really, the hottest team right now. Number uh, one's gonna go to Tom Brady. God, I hate it. I hate Tom Brady with a deep passion, but championship week. Um, you want you want to put your money on a guy that's gonna make it to the Super Bowl? You you'd be um, hard pressed not to pick Tom Brady. I would. I honestly, I would put Breeze above Brady. And uh, <sighs> Brady is. You know, a lot of people have been kind of you know soaking their britches about about Tom Brady. And here's my problem with with the whole situation. Tom Brady has a lot of checkdowns, and and can you attribute that to him? You know, yeah, he's reading a defense, and that's fantastic. But fifteen checkdowns to to James White this last week, fifteen, that's a ton. Tom Brady throws the ball over over you know underneath, and everybody starts drooling on themselves. I'm not drooling over that. Right? I'm drooling over the fact that Tom Brady um just destroyed the Chargers defense. You know, and like, and he did, he did, but I think his other teammates did. That's the thing. I I mean, and and we'll be we'll get into a couple of them. Um, you know, moving forward here, but you know, there, there were a lot of guys that, that, uh, um, I, I feel are going to be impact players, uh, moving into this, this upcoming weekend that, that helped Tom Brady, uh, you know, demolish the chargers. And, and we're going to go into those in a second here. Um, so with that, Tyler, I'm going to go ahead and throw out Raytown's Forgotten Fun. Freytown's forgetful, forgotten five. Very confidence. A lot forgetful, of confidence there. <laughs> forgetful, forgotten, forgetful something. Anyway, Freytown's forgotten five. Let's uh, let's uh, talk about it. I have honorables, Tyler. Oh, jeez. Believe it or not, with four teams left, I have honorables. Oh, jeez. Um, honorable number one goes to James White. We just got done talking about him. 15 catches out of the backfield. Man makes plays with his legs. He's Tom Brady's outlet man. Um, he's not going away. 
James White has been miraculous this year, catching out of the backfield. He's been something special. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I love it. I think he's, he's just fantastic. Um, James White getting it done. He got it done against, uh, against the Chargers, and he's going to get it done uh, this week. What? What's the smile? No, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you at the end. Okay. I'll, I'll close the show with it. Oh, okay. No, no, I, I, I agree. Um, James White's been proven to be a huge piece of this team. He's, he's going to be this weekend as well. Yes. Number two go uh, of, of my honorables, my second honorable last is, is uh, Aaron Donald. Um, a lot of people are saying he's the best defensive tackle in the league. I think it's absolutely 110% right. 100% true. Donald's going to be a big part of this team. He's, he's going he's gonna to do his part to try to rattle Breeze to make make mistakes. Yes, and and but uh, I don't think – originally I, I had Aaron Donald in my top five, and, and upon further thinking I, I, I realized that uh, the Saints' offensive line is very, very good. Drew Brees doesn't fall down very much. He doesn't get knocked around very much. And I don't think Aaron Donald's going to have as easy of a time penetrating that line um, unless they line him up against Andrews Pete, who had a ton of penalties in that last game. Um, really, I, I think Aaron Donald's got his, got his work cut out for him getting into that backfield. He's going to have to do work in order to get the job done against a, a seasoned quarterback with a little bit of spirit and moxie, as they say in Madden, um, like Drew Brees. Uh, now, moving into my uh, my top five here, um, number five goes to C.J. Anderson. He's uh, ma- made a statement and made his mark in the in the playoffs here since getting signed in, in what was supposed to just be get get by until Gurley gets back, and now it's turned into a two back system. Yeah, which is weird. And normally you see a two back system. Normally he's like, okay, fifty yards a piece. No, they're putting it up in 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 the hundreds. Yeah, and that's that Sean McVay system. That Sean McVay. There's only one Sean McVay. There's only one guy out there that that knows how to run an offense as effectively as Sean McVay, and that is Sean McVay. Um, he his running game has just been incredible. He's got Todd Gurley. He's got now he's got C.J. Anderson, and Anderson is. He'll, he won't be here after this year, but Anderson is going to go out into free agency at the end of this season. He's going to be looking he for a contract. He just shot up his, his, uh, his dollar value. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to be getting a big contract from somebody. And, and you, what, he tanked in Miami, was it? Was he tanking in over there? He tanked in Denver. He tanked in Miami, I think no, it was. Um, Carolina. Was it Carolina? So, I mean, he didn't do well in either place, and, and now he's he's over here making a statement in, in L.A., um, how much of that is going to fall on the fact that oh it was the Sean McVay system you know we we don't know about it. I'm going to put a lot of well maybe because um CJ's put up a lot put, gained a lot of weight he has he's put on um, some and normally you see that and they, and they their career goes downward but he's actually young turning it up so it, mm-hmm. could it be partly him could it could, be partly McVay it's it's hard to say it, it's a, it's a questionable thing um now number four going into that same game the one and only Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore, uh, the number one corner for the uh, the Saints there. Uh, Lattimore, he he just got that that pick from the Elshon Jeffrey. I have the greatest hands in the world. Elshon Jeffrey having that ball go right through his hands. Lattimore gets the interception. Lattimore is going to be covering probably Brandon Cooks during this game. Um, a lot of a lot of that uh, that Saints or I'm sorry that uh, Rams offense goes through Brandon Cooks and how well Jared Goff can get the ball to Brandon Cooks. And lately it hasn't but, been very well. But then well. they also got Robert Woods as well. So it's, it's it could be a little little dangerous there yeah. for, for Saints defense. Robert Woods is going to have his and, – and Robert Woods I think will also have his hands full with a guy like Eli Apple on him. And Eli Apple is a guy that hasn't been getting a whole lot of love or he didn't get a whole lot of love in New York anyway. But it's been very, very, very good 
in New Orleans, and they, they scooped him up in the at the trade deadline midseason. He winds up going there and winds up setting the world on fire. So you got to really love what the the Saints have have done with him. Things could get interesting. Things get very interesting. Uh, number three goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, one and only Damian Williams. The reason I didn't put this one on my list is because I look at the the Patriots' deep um, run defense has been quietly good. Yes. Um, they held Melvin Gordon to, to 19 nothing. yards. Yep. And, I, and I'm sorry, um, Damian Williams, as good as he's been, he's not Melvin <coughs> Gordon. But uh, he's not Melvin Gordon, but this is a completely different Kansas City Chiefs offense that we, we are, are seeing here. Um, and this is Andy Reid. This is Andy Reid's style of play. And, Quarterback, and, running back, whisperer. Yep, and, and the man knows how to, how to get the guys going. Um, Damian Williams had himself a hell of a game this last game. He he could have very well have himself a very good game against the New England Patriots, who have had a very kind of shoddy defense throughout the, the last couple of years. So I, I I'm putting I, I, if they get the run game going, if if the Kansas City Chiefs can get the run game going and they can suck the Patriots in to try and stop that run game, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day, and and they're in big big trouble with the Patriots now. Um, Absolutely. But a guy that can get the Chiefs into some trouble, and man, oh man, was he fighting for yards this last week. Number two, Julian Edelman. Um, Edelman, I mean, he would catch a ball three yards short of that first down marker, get wrapped up, and then just plow through for the first down. I was watching this guy get, get uh, I mean, yards after contact for Julian Edelman. I mean, just getting those yards, just, I mean, pushing and pushing and pushing. The guy showed some guts. He would lower his shoulder. He would just throw those defensive backs off. He would get that first down. He was making plays, man, 151 yards. And I'm assuming that about 40 of it came just when he was make, getting hit and then pushing forward for extra yards to get those first downs. Oh, 100%. Like, it, it, you, hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Uh, he, he played so well, um, and, and it was like Every time you'd see Edelman catch a ball and he would get wrapped up, I mean, he would keep pushing forward, keep those legs churning. I like that effort out of a receiver. You don't see that often. And then you got to see Julian Edelman really show some effort. I mean, it was he wanted to win. Um, and you can you could tell just in his body language and the way he was carrying himself, he just he wanted to win. Now, number one. Number one. Now, this is the first time I've had a um, a defensive player uh as arguably the most important player for a football team going into one of these games. Now um Aqib Talib, number one. Uh, I like it. If you're if you're not gonna if your offense isn't gonna be able to keep up with Breeze, you need to knock them down to your level and and, and Rams defense arguably, despite being spotty, has a chance to be the be to be the elite defense that it's no is capable of being. Now on paper on paper, the Rams' defense should have should have been very very good. They should have, uh, yep. and and uh, on field, the Rams' defense not so much. And that a lot of it has been since Tlaib went down. Yes, and uh, Tlaib coming back is going. I mean, he, I have a feeling that he's going to be covering Michael Thomas, even in spite of the fact that he's been off for several weeks. I have a feeling he's going to be watching Michael Thomas. And this could be a, a, a big factor. We got it. It all depends on how Akib Talib shows up. If the Akib Talib shows up that we know can cover a guy like Michael Thomas, then then good. They're in good shape. If the Akib Talib shows up that has been off for 13 weeks, 14 weeks, and hasn't played a single down and looks out of shape and just beat up, 
then the Rams are going to be in trouble. So really, it's up to Aqib Tlaib to cover Michael Thomas. It's, yeah. it's going to be up to him because Marcus Peters can't do it. Neither can Nickel Roby Coleman. We know that. So I, I have uh, it. That's why he's he's very similar to um, he's very similar to a few of these players where you're either going to live with them or you're going to die with them. And it's 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 a shot in the dark here for the Rams. No, you're right. And uh, that's the end of the forgotten yeah, five. That is my forgotten five. Now I got to drop the bombshell on you. Now what's the bombshell? So get the Pro Bowl next week. Uh, so realistically, the next two shows are kind of the Super Bowl showcase. I yeah, mean, kind of. You talk about the Pro Bowl a little bit, but all the news outlets are going to be talking about the Super Bowl. Yes. Everyone's going to be talking about the Super Bowl. Yes. So will we. Yes. So for the for the top tens, I, I, I'm going to do as a, as a top ten Super Bowl showcase. Oh, boy. Gonna be a, it's going to be a part one, part two. Next week will be part one. Um, Super Bowl week will be part two. You know where I'm going with this? Uh, no, I don't. Your your life's going to be harder than mine. <sighs> next week will be, the, will be Tyler's top ten Super Bowl impact players. Starting with the AFC. Really? So <laughs> you're gonna split it up? You're gonna split it and up. And the week after with the NFC. Oh my so, god. So it's in so it's a Super Bowl game. Hear me out. Super Bowl game. Um, um a lot of people, a lot of podcasts, a lot of news outlets are gonna be diving into like individual performance. They're gonna be looking at like uh um say it's say it's Saints and Chiefs. They're gonna be they're gonna be diving into like Hill and uh Lattimore and like just diving into like what Lattimore's good at, what he's not at. And yeah. what, um, so I think, uh, and you're going to be looking at, and, and realistically, all 22 starters are going to really be looked at. Yes. So, I mean, it's, I think it's important for us to, if, if we're having to do 15 in each team, that, that, that's, that's forcing us as a podcast to really look at the, uh, the best players for each team. Yeah. And it, it gives us a deep dive and, and really looking at, because it's going to pull out players that no one talks about but have great importance. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Tyler. You know I'm right. Ah, oh, you rat bastard! But you my life's gonna be a little bit easier because I get to grab the ten easy ones. You rat bastard! Oh, he he wants to make my life more difficult, and and that's all he's doing. He's just making me sweat. That's all he's trying to do. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. You're a pain in the ass. Uh, no, the no, just making me sweat. I mean, I've just started doing cardio recently. I just sweat for no reason. You ever have that happen? Just yeah. sitting on the couch and you're just sweating. My old lady's just like, "Why are you sweaty?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just sweaty." So, um, but oh, okay, that that's the plan, I guess. You son of a. Anyway, yeah, you can use coaches. No, yeah, <laughs> use coaches. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Um, we got conference week coming up this week, so I'm excited about that. And then we also have the. Uh, Next week, we're going to start talking Super Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit Pro Bowl. We will. We have to talk a little bit Pro Bowl because yep. it is Pro Bowl week. Um, and then we're going to have to talk a little bit um, We have to talk a little bit uh, more about draft. I, I, I know there's going to be more mock drafts coming out, uh, and, and uh, the order is going to be coming out officially. You know, we're, we're basically going to have – we're going to know who our 31 and 32 teams are. I think we're going to have a general idea of that. Yep. Um, or our, our, our – well, our 28 for through 32, rather. We're gonna know. We're gonna know who that is, or who it's going to be. Um, so draft wise, things get interesting. Free agency wise, things get interesting. After the Super Bowl, we're gonna we're gonna jump to what every every two weeks we'll be recording. Yeah, for two for, to four really depends what's going on. Yeah, for for a little bit, and also we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be delving into when we get closer to free agency. We'll be the free agency and draft situations. We'll probably be going to every week between the two because we got we got a lot of stuff going on there. 
So, but in any case, uh, that's our show. And, and folks, uh, be sure to check out It's Your Time Massage at IYTMassage.com. Get yourself a massage. Amanda's fantastic. She does her job very, very well. Uh, the best massage therapist around. Uh, if you do get the opportunity, check her out at IYT Massage. Or you can go over to It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Get yourself a uh, Swedish or deep tissue massage. The hot stone, the brand new hot stone is here as well, so we gotta love that. That thing's fantastic, by the way. I got a, a massage with the hot stone. Oh my lord! Mm, interesting. The hot stone is fantastic. Um, but uh, anyhow, folks, uh, that's our show. We'll see you uh, next week, and um, hopefully, uh, Tyler won't make my life too difficult with this this uh, top ten nonsense. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>